0: Hey Murph. Hey Mike. Get off my podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That was more Bane than Harrison Ford, but <laughs> <laughs> have you ever heard anyone do a good Harrison Ford impression? Or do a Harrison Ford impression? I don't know if um, I ever
1: have. Uh I've heard people as do Harrison Ford. Is.
0: Yeah,
1: I- I've heard Harrison Ford impressions. None of them are good.
0: He just sounds like somebody's grizzled old dad. So yeah. <laughs> so, so uh <laughs> Welcome to a uh, movie marathon with Murph and Mike. <laughs> uh t- and if you uh Konnichiwa, Dr. Jones. <laughs> if well and shout out to uh, short rounds. Uh oh, yeah, Oscar nominee Oscar nomination. It was incredible. Um <laughs> already going <laughs> off topic here. Yeah, using um, your
1: racist your racist intro, Andrew. Let's talk about short yeah. rounds. <laughs>
0: uh so for our die Hot on a podcast we've gotten to the uh die hard one of the <laughs> die other on plane. don't worry part three will be coming <laughs> but uh,
1: <laughs> i think part three is gonna be the best i'm actually pretty pumped part three
0: is gonna be our uh passenger 57 episode hey well thanks for saying the podcast we're about to record is gonna be shit <laughs> No, it's gonna be shit. I guess we can number... just turn this off and wait. Wait yeah. for part three. <laughs>
1: this is this is gonna be number two of the Die Hard on podcast airplane specific
0: hey episodes. It's Air Force One. Definitely the most polished Die Hard in a on a something movie. I would say Hollywood made and maybe killed the Die Hard on a. No, something movie.
1: <laughs> because we have a a really bad rock movie. coming.
0: <laughs> called skyscraper yeah that was so many years later that's almost like uh it,
1: it's 20 years late almost to the day yeah, it's 20 that's years later. that's
0: almost like a i don't know what i'm um, speaking of to the day this movie released july 25th 1997 uh exactly one month after i uh recorded a hole-in-one in golf <laughs> <laughs> i was like where are you going with this because so this is like this is like
1: 19 years and one and six months to the day where did you so, play golf where you actually
0: got a hole in one i want to know about that uh so so first why i know this um i have a trophy <laughs> from, from from doing this um so so the, it was at west Lake, but the really cool part of it was it was in a junior golf tournament so it was not just like going out with my dad or, like, a friend or something and, like, screwing around. It was an actual tournament. Hole number eight, get a hole-in-one. <laughs> uh, and have a trophy. And I, I was unpacking some stuff recently. And oh, your I, childhood?
1: Were you unpacking your childhood? Yeah, yes.
0: <laughs> in a literal and figurative sense. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so the trophy has the date on it. And I, I had been doing research for this podcast. And I was like, holy shit, that's one month. <laughs> before I, uh air force one came out i a
1: better story if you just tell everybody that uh gary oldman was part of the tournament
0: and you played, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta hold on one against gary oldman and uh and won the I tournament telling him, i was like gary gary you need a little lightness if you want to be hans gruber you gotta have you can't be serious all the time <laughs> Bring everyone yeah <laughs> And so, uh, so Murph, how are you doing?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good.
0: Uh, uh, speaking of childhood
1: stories, I just, <laughs> I actually just came from an event where I met somebody who went to the same summer camp I went to as a kid, and then told me a story about how he knew somebody who got molested at that camp, and that was <laughs> my wow. Happy hour. <laughs> I'm like, oh, cool. That's that's great. That's that's a terrific. Yeah, it's <laughs> a terrific story about why you should not go to summer camp in North
0: Carolina can't wait to tell your uh your mom about that one huh
1: oh no i can't wait because she sent me there too and now i'm, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna hold it over <laughs> for well, hey you not... know the like, camp you sent me to <laughs> yeah 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 and yeah, the worst good, part yeah. happened before i went there so it's even Ooh. like uh, you guys well this is what happens pre-internet right is you should have done yeah. the research it wasn't there
0: yeah the, we called the guy he sounded nice yeah. <laughs> it sounds like he's he
1: on the up and up it was good sounded like he liked kids it was a uh, my my childhood summer camp story was basically the premise
0: of the movie Heavyweights. So, <laughs> <laughs> not seen Heavyweights in a while. Uh, don't remember a lot of molestation.
1: <laughs> no, it's mostly just eating candy bars and okay. and and being yelled um, at. So, anyway, so we're down. here to talk about
0: <laughs> <the> Air Force <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we've both been drinking, so let's talk about Air Force One. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you have any? Uh... I assume based on when this movie came out, you have to have memory, a story of when you saw this, the anticipation of it, the reaction to it, the world's reaction to it.
1: Yeah, so I I think this was another um a, a, a blockbuster rental. Uh, I think I saw it on VHS, and I remember it being a big deal when it came out because it was... It was Harrison Ford, like, three years off of Clear and Present Danger. So he's kind of getting into that dad phase of, like, action movies. And I remember it being a big deal. It's got Harrison Ford. And I don't think Gary Oldman was as big as he is today. But Gary Oldman was a big deal because as the bad guy. uh,
0: And then it... Respected actor at the time. He was a respected actor. Okay, that's a real villain. I would almost
1: argue he's probably... Well, I'm going to make a
0: bold statement.
1: He's probably had a more accomplished career as Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford's been in bigger movies. I would say Gary Oldman's probably the better actor of the two.
0: Well, I wouldn't disagree with better actor. I don't know. More
1: yeah, accomplished uh, a, a career. accomplished career is, is maybe a tough. One, I don't know. But
0: but, um, but better.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's let's fight about it. Diff- very different actors. We're 170 miles away from each other. Let's go fight about. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I no, I, I, I it, was, it was a big deal when it came out, and it it it, it had kind of the energy of capturing action heroes from our childhood but also had some sort of the energy of all right, what was going on in the, in the 1990s zeitgeist. So uh yeah, how about you? Like what was your what was your first exposure to it? I think
0: you saw it in theaters, correct? That is correct. But now you've totally derailed me. Cuz now I'm all I can think about is Gary Oldman <laughs> and Harrison Ford.
1: Well, your background's Gary Oldman trying to
0: manhandle Harrison Ford, so I think <laughs> so, that's appropriate. So I, I guess uh, I I don't want to get too deep into this <laughs> in the intro, but I'd say Gary Oldman can't do what Harrison Ford does, and Harrison Ford can't do what Gary Oldman does. That's that's a good point. As that's actors. A well said uh, yeah. whether where how you wanna rank that in terms of talent or quality or what it means, I don't know. But um Gary Oldman's a little flashier for sure. That he's going big. That, that, yeah, you see the talents, whereas Harrison Ford is more embodying, just like I am captivating and charismatic on screen, and I don't know exactly what that means, but but more in like a classic movie star sense. But anyway, so my story, uh, I saw this in the movie theater and I remember it really distinctly because I was in Orlando with my family and my cousin was now visiting and my aunt and my cousin, my dad and I went to go to the movie theater to see this. But I remember it so distinctly because it was the first time I went to a theater that had stadium seating and all of us were like blown away by this. And that's like all we could talk about. We Which, really like really the that, movie. That's a
1: big deal in the 1990s. Yeah. Like, that's a right. really big deal.
0: We really liked the movie, but all we could talk about was like, oh my God, like that changes everything. Like if we had a theater <laughs> like that, that's the only theater I'd ever go to. Like this was incredible. Um <laughs> Which so now yeah, so,
1: now it's commonplace, so
0: right. Uh, but so I have a very distinct memory of seeing this. That and I remember like everyone really liked it. It was really good. Um, and I've seen it like off and on on cable here or there. But I will say, it's a good dad movie. It's a it's a definitely a dad movie. but It's also a bit forgettable. There's not everything it's doing you've kind of seen before. Yeah. So, nothing necessarily stands out as super iconic other than Harrison Ford as the President. And that's that's the big deal. It's Harrison and, Ford is pre- the President.
1: And you had a good theory about um do you think this was predicated on the success of executive decision, which we covered last week? Do you think that that was a? Uh...
0: I think this was too big and had to get all the pieces together for doing this. I had to think this was in production before that. Um, So I I don't, I think it's just the studio going for a big tent pole die hard on something and saying, we're going to, we're blowing the doors off of this. We're going to go and like, yeah, it's Kurt Russell and Steven Seagal. Like, you know what? We're gonna get a real A-lister, and they're gonna be the president, and we're going like A-listers like all around, and they, and they do. They it, yeah. in fairness, like this is like I mean, a... it's Glenn Close is the vice president, and it's like yeah,
1: uh, and you've got the guy who was from Quantum Leap who plays
0: the Secretary of Defense. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone his fucking name is but that guy. <laughs> but it's just filled with like quality, like character actors. Yeah. Like yeah, all that you've seen and like a ton of stuff. Who are fantastic at those like that role, and
1: that—that's a good point. Every everybody who's in this, even if they're sort of a background character, has status from in other movies, and that—that it, it, that was a fun,
0: a fun touch. Was but they bring a gravitas? Of... Yeah, and, and yeah. that I think is becomes to the detriment of the movie that it feels so serious all the time. It does.
1: It's not. It's, this is this is not a fun, to your point. It's not a fun movie, so it's not rewatchable to me. It right? Is, like is, it isn't. It
0: isn't. But yeah, it's not. Like it's always like the president is doing this. Like, like I don't know. There's something too. something lacking in the fun department. I would say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you. What, I'll tell you what's funny about this movie to me is how much gravitas the presidential office holds. Because that's something that's like not age. Yeah, it, it
0: does feel weird. Of
1: it's like, oh, people respect the president but, and uh, it's and, a revered
0: and, office. Oh, that's weird. That's a strange. And I, thing. I, I'm it's trying not... to figure out if that is an age thing or the world has changed thing. Because I think the world's changed. We
2: quickly. would have been
0: like 13, 14 when this movie came out. Uh, yeah. Um, and I feel at that time like you just like buy into stuff a little more earnestly yeah we're like it's the president like we respect the president and i'm curious uh, like a 40 year old at the time. attends like bill clinton was president like i'm sure there are plenty of republicans who didn't have a ton of respect for bill clinton
1: oh yeah he, he was sticking Even cigars he was wherever president. he could um, i mean you don't, you don't know what's going on with that um uh, no I, I i agree i think it's it's funny because it this is such a weird movie because it's pre not it's it's about an airplane, it's pre 9/11, yeah. yeah. it's pre Putin taking over Russia and there's a lot of sort of predictive stuff they've actually stitched into this whether they meant to it. obviously they 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 had no idea. Yeah. Um but it, there's a lot of predictive stuff of like, oh, this is like where Russia's going to go in <laughs> the next 25 30 years. Like great. Yeah. <laughs> that that's not good, but um no, it it, it lines up, so um, it's it, it was funny to watch how simplistic politics were per, portrayed in this, and then it, when I, when I think back on them when we are kids, that's how it felt. Was it did feel that simplistic of like oh well there's just the president's this very magnanimous guy and he he cares about all the people who work for him and he's only got the country and the world's best interest at heart and it's just this very honest earnest character that Harrison Ford's playing but that's just not how the world is anymore it's such yeah. a strange <laughs> such a strange
0: feeling to to watch this well so the opening of this is Harrison Ford giving a speech where basically he's like the US is no longer going to tolerate terrorists like we're coming after them and it feels so weird post 9/11 that that was a controversial. It's per, it's portrayed as controversial. Yeah. When it's like, oh, we're like four years away from that being the default American foreign policy, like, um, and it's like, wow, that's is crazy. And it's like, they, this is gonna like ruin the election for you. And he's like, but it's the right thing to do. I, that's that's it, it. Feels like Indiana Jones being president
1: it's kind of how they they almost portray it and, and it's not um it's not a detriment to to ford or it's not a detriment to the movie but it's just it is a is a personality that that does not exist in the world anymore and maybe maybe never existed it's it's such a he's such an apolitical character in this like he's doing the right thing they don't ever spell out what party he's in it's just a yeah they kind of really by the books
0: guy try to split the middle on like you're gonna like, oh, everyone has to like him, so we can't can't pick a side. Really, yeah. Yeah. I yeah.
1: I, I have a feeling in nineteen ninety-seven, if if it's Newt Gingrich in this in the in the sky and that's who's uh being attacked, <laughs> I don't feel like there's any people who actually are <laughs> that's that upset about it. I don't know. We'll see. So well, um so all right, Harrison Forge our lead. We have Gary Oldman is is the uh the uh, bad guy, the, the Hans Gruber proxy. Hans Gruber proxy. Um, I, to your point, I was blown away by Ivan Korshinov I, I could. I
0: thank you. I could not tell you what his name is. Yeah. Um, Which a little on the nose, call him the Russian Ivan, but it might as well
1: be Ivan Kremlin. Kremlin. Fish. It, yes. Yeah. It's like okay, all right. Um, but I, I was blown away by the 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 sort of that guys that are in this uh there's Xander Berkeley who plays um the the turncoat agent Jurgen Procknow Paul gifoyle William H. Macy I think is this pre yeah is this the same year he does um
0: boogie nights <laughs> uh it's 97 it's so gotta and, be the same it year, is right? it is it's the same year it's oh, the, man. So it's a year after Fargo The same year as Boogie Nights, which is (laughs) which is bananas. This seems like it's
1: beneath him in 1997,
0: right? uh, I think he's still like coming. I think it's you know it's a massive Hollywood movie, so uh, but it's also like fucking insane. I curious if they were aware of like Boogie Nights. If they would have cast him, and then <laughs> like, the guy who's married to a porn star, who he ends up he, murdering, who he yeah, who he commits suicide because his porn star wife won't stop fucking guys in driveways, yeah. in the driveway, yeah, exactly. It'd, it'd be ironic if they with an, said with, it, an, it, with it. an ass in her cock.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that. And I'm like, no, I'm gonna, I'm going to screw it up. I'm, I'm going to actually say it the correct way.
0: I'm right? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I had to take a minute to. <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah, this has Dean Stockwell, who is the, I think he's the secretary of defense and then bill, uh, yes. uh, Smith Rovovich, who is the, who's one of the other political people. And then obviously you mentioned Glenn close as his, uh, his vice president. I will say it, it, this movie did make me laugh. And I think you mentioned it with, um, deep impact of like in 1997 and 1998, the novelty of having a woman as a vice president. And today obviously we do. <laughs> It just seems such a, like a interesting, weird novelty They're Like, oh, this will never happen. But what if? What an interesting thing for them to contemplate. And then to yeah. your point on deep impacts, like what an interesting novel idea to co- contemplate having an African American president. Like it's just yeah. such a weird. Like and it's it is. Like, it seemed like such a progressive idea in 1997,
0: 1998. And, and like, I no. just think they remember being in like movie theaters and those trailers coming on for like the first time, and people being like. Oh. Oh, yeah. it? interesting. <laughs> wow. Just mm, try that off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, like, yeah. It's, so like, do you, it's like, wow, that's Do you think this
1: movie paved the way for Kamal Harris? Because that's 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 how it felt in nineteen ninety-seven. <laughs> and not uh, in a good way. I, I'm I'm just I'm just I, saying it,
0: it it's funny I, I how much think, of a difference I, I 20... think our country derailed a little bit between, from this movie to to Probably. current day where <laughs> But I mean, I, I, it's, it's hard to draw straight lines
1: <laughs> it is it, it is it is not laughable because that's not the right word for it but it is like silly to think about and 25 years ago how much this felt like a novelty of the idea that oh a woman could be pre- vice president and it's like it's it's amazing how much things have changed and here you don't feel it when you watch glenn close's performance or how they present her but in the time it was like holy shit they're putting a woman as the vice yeah. president in this? it's like it's a big deal it's like well it's you know in hindsight it's it's really not it's just it's different
0: and, in the movie you can feel an undercurrent of men she, pushing back against her of like you yes. well, you can't be in charge like,
1: yeah 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 and 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 that 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 feels like a big moment where she 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 um pushes back on uh, I'm going to forget his name. Wait for it. <laughs> uh Dean Stockwell has this petition he signed for basically to overthrow the president. Not not for negative reasons, but because they think he's been captured and they make it. Seem yeah, like there's a deal, whole like, she's, and she's I, I
0: guess this is based on when Reagan assassination tips on Reagan and what yeah. went on in the infighting of if the president is incapacitated versus he has died what the constitution says on who has authority and power. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't remember who it was. I,
1: I I'm going to forget the name. I've already forgotten the name. There's a guy who came onto the press release when Reagan was, was shot. And he didn't really have the authority. I think it may have been the speaker of the house at the time. And he's like, I'm in charge. I got it. It's all on me. And then it was like, well, legally it's actually not, not him. <laughs> It was sort of, you know, proved that this guy basically came out. And he, I don't think it was intentional, but he sort of misrepresented that he was. It was it he was, was in me. charge of the U.S. government. It was you. It was me. Yeah. So you I were You were ne- You were negative, I, two. I, you were negative I, three, actually. If I'm saw, concerned.
0: I saw my opportunity. <laughs> took my shot. Yeah. Didn't work shoot out. Shot. Didn't work out, but hey, you know. <laughs> but you got the Star Wars program up and running for for Rogan, so that <laughs> yeah. worked <out>. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so. But yeah, this mm-hmm. cast, I will say that, that that's this is like um, it's almost like executive decision, and it, your, and what you said earlier, it feels like they just took what worked there and they were like, great, let's make something else. And this has so many actors but, in it and actresses in it that that are just like, oh shit, it's that guy. And, and so, he, I, go ahead. Yeah,
0: I, I was thinking about that, and so I think I like enjoyed this a little more than you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the watch. Um, <laughs> and I think part of it was it's been a little bit since I've watched I mean we just watched the executive decision but that's not that's not quite Hollywood running at like all cylinders firing. That, that that's you know it's got Steven Skull in it all right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he dies though. That, that, that counts True. for something. True. No, I'll give him credit. But but this is Hollywood studio. It's what we don't get anymore. Other than like uh, Marvel movies of just Hollywood. No, we're making this movie. It's going to be huge. And because of that, like we need this role. That's got like 20 lines. Yeah. Yeah. That We're going to get the best person we can get for that. And, I feel we so rarely see that anymore. Um, it's and it, whereas at this time, you're talking about like, I mean, this is right around the like the Rock and Armageddon. And like this is what like Hollywood's doing every summer. You're getting multiple of these every summer that are just like great actors being plugged into the and whether the movies work or not. they like who knows that. Uh, and so I, I do I do kind of miss that a little bit as much as I w- would have been one of the first people to call out like the Hollywood bloat and overproduction. Um, it is it is fun to. Uh, to see just <laughs> this incredible cast. Uh, and acting in this c- kind of mediocre script.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think I'm I'm going to. I'm 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 lost on the uh the name of it. It, it was the Jamie Foxx movie with um Jenny Tatum and, he, and and Jimmy Foxx
0: plays the president. Um, oh the White House Down or is, Yeah, is a White House the kind of series? Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah.
1: That's the closest thing I can think of in terms of like the same level of cast, like a modern equivalent of, of the same level of cast, where uh, White House Down. Yeah. And so he plays the president, Chantame's the 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 secret service agent that saves him then you have a cast of like uh maggie gyllenhaal plays i can't remember what her role is she she plays like a main character you've got jason clark you've got richard jenkins is like the secretary of defense who's in on it and uh uh james woods who's obviously like one of the other main bad guys that's the closest thing i can think of in terms of modern sort of action movies that has this really expansive very, very talented cast that doesn't that you they use them, but maybe they're not as used to their full capacity as what they're
0: what they're, what you're used to seeing. So yeah, which yeah, which I'd say is in keeping with this. Um But you like William H Macy and like a bit roll. like he can obviously, he's a guy who can do a lot more. Um, he's
1: piloting the shit out of that plane in the third act.
0: <laughs> oh my god, it's, that was hilarious. And so the obviously they have to have Harrison Ford like trying to fly the actual plane but william h macy is his co-pilot in every line william h macy has is Dude, this that bullshit that, awful exposition it's he's, like, he's doing a great job oh my god like you're like yeah like you're, it, it makes the uh the lines john leguizamo had an executive decision looks like shakespeare <laughs> the shit they're giving <laughs> macy in this movie at times like and he's doing a great job it's just like wow like this is just it's bad it's, it's its just like he's just like we're out of gas. like we're almost out of gas and the flaps broken kind of shit like <laughs> it's like okay we get it the stakes are big <laughs> like i uh
1: i well to, d- despite all that i will say what, what what kind of blew me away when we were going through it was the cast is really talented but man i forgot how big of a movie this was in 1997
0: this did yeah over 300 million dollars in the box office which seems insane it was the fifth highest grossing movie of 97 i think domestically it was a what number uh fifth fifth
1: what was ahead of it do you do you have that in front of you or is that uh a... i don't but it will take just a second um so well it's still blew me away because this is an 85 million dollar movie in terms of budget in uh, 1997, I think we talked about executive decision was about 55 million. Um, oh, it, I, I thought this was pretty cool. I thought this was closer to the 55. Is it? Let me, let me, uh, let me check my notes. Thanks for, well, we can both it. start looking
0: stuff up. So 85, uh, $85 million budget. Oh, it was no, I'm sorry. It was, well, wait, that's how oh, you're killing me. Okay. Yeah. It was number five in your releases. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Uh, I I forget <laughs> number one for 1997 releases a little movie called Titanic.
1: <laughs> that's what I thought. I was like, is it 98 or 97? <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's not but it's,
0: it's. I mean, so that's it, such an it outlier came out, that doesn't it came, count, right? It came out the end of December, so like most of its gross would have been 98, but technically a 97 release. Uh, but then Men in Black, ooh, lost lost, lost World Jurassic Park, and gross. man, I. I Maybe not our podcast, but some podcasts need a deep dive on Jim Carrey because number four, liar, liar. That's fucking crazy. It, wow, that, that's
1: like the top gross.
0: Number four, liar, Ooh, liar. Yeah, 181 man. million domestically.
1: Which seems like such a small amount today. That's what's funny is like this getting $300 million is like the equivalent of like Avatar 2 getting to 2 billion, it feels like in terms of <laughs> Yeah.
0: Overall performance, which which is insane. Um, wow, you want to know something crazy for ninety seven? Tell me. Number eight, Star Wars: A New Hope. Phantom Menace. Re- 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 no, F4, oh 4, a yeah, Ho- a re- that's right. They're doing the re-release special editions. Yeah, yeah. when Lucas... one hundred thirty eight million. Holy like, shit! Yeah, that that's,
1: that's all. Pro- that's gonna be all profit. All right. profit for that asshole. Yeah, that's I pretty, said it. That's pretty crazy. It. Fucking turkey neck, George Lucas, motherfucker. Just releasing movies, cashing in on my my favorite movies as a kid, just so you could put some <laughs> stupid bad CGI into movies that 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 are already perfectly fine the way they were.
0: Uh, I, I feel the most of the box office was people with kids wanting to take to take their kids to see it in theater.
1: I with just that, want to but... take a moment to bad mouth George Lucas for all the dumb <laughs> crap he inserted into. Into the the original trilogy, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> oh, I mean, like he he's worth like four or five billion dollars. Like, what the fuck yeah. does he care? what I think <laughs> like, good for him. <laughs> like, he did he did way better for a guy who who um was like a a, a hanger on for the all the the uh Or Coppola and Scorsese guys and and De Palma
0: guys in the late the late seventies. So hey, good for him. Well, wow, so man, I we're we're getting really derailed here because I'm looking at the box office for '97, and there's a lot of stuff <laughs> I want to talk about. Or are to so, talk about? Box might have really fucked up. Why? January 31st, a new hope comes out. Delicious ends up, make, ends up making 138 million. Okay. February 21st, they release Empire Strikes Back. Was it was it that close? Less than a month less than a month because I, I remember does...
1: I remember going with my cousins to see New Hope the re-release of New Hope as a kid I was 13 and I that was like a big deal but I I thought they were like every year until um no it's like a month a month
0: later and Empire Strikes back it made does... 138 million for basically a month worth of being well I'm sure it was out longer but then Empire Strikes back only 67. and then they're probably too close together. March 14th. March 14th. Like two and a half weeks, I guess three Jedi. weeks later. Jedi. Only makes 45. I mean, I feel you get at least space those like three months apart. I feel like that's a real rookie rookie mistake. I mean, unprecedented of what, but man, it really feels like they fucked that up.
1: Well, in hindsight, The Phantom Menace two years later was point. Zero two yeah. billion dollars. I know.
0: Which, <laughs> That's
1: and that is a bad. Wild. That is a legitimately bad movie. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> well, I enjoy it, but I, I, I. Understand you, we went saying. to go see it together. We went to we go sure see it together.
1: I, I remember.
0: Is that the underwater polar bear story? <laughs> it, it might be. <laughs> I think it is. This sounds about right. I think it's the underwater polar bear. Given how many people are aware of that story, they all had to be there. Oh, good news is all of our listener base is actually where that's the right because we Wait, have me... no still <laughs> <No. laughs> Wait, we'll do that in a second. <laughs> I just want to say, uh, really interesting. Also, so this was number five of the box office. Also, coming out that year for action movies, that this beat Face Off, Better, Conier, movie, Better movie, <laughs> um, Fifth Element, Better movie, <laughs> Spawn. <laughs> Not better movie. The Jackal.
1: <laughs> okay, getting worse. Volcano. <laughs> getting
0: worse. Dante's peak. <laughs> getting better. <laughs> Ooh, Copland. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Copland should not be in this conversation.
0: That's too good of a movie to be in this conversation. It's a Scorsese
1: movie with uh, Stallone playing like a gone straight and narrow as a as a character. So Mortal
0: Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> better. Beverly Hills Ninja, better. Uh, <laughs> no, keep going. Good burger. In the middle. <laughs> Airbud. <laughs> In the middle. <laughs> Eve's by you. No idea. Never saw
1: it. Uh.
0: <laughs> Booty call better uh <laughs> which really relates to this uh because oh booty call please please tie in booty call to oh sorry sorry i'm moving on to something <laughs> else. i don't i don't have a reason booty call relates to this um no you should you should tie it in
1: please tie it in please find a way to tie this then to booty call
0: uh no the reason so this the present role in air force one written for kevin costner couldn't do it Film in the postman postman yes i knew it <laughs> postman 17 million, number 93 at the box office. Oh, what did that
1: cost to make though? What did that yep. cost to make? It had to be it had to be a shitload of money that is because 80 million. Oh my God. 80 million. This is like what a year after he did. When, when did Waterworld come out? The year before? I think
0: uh, before the postman. Yeah, it was before I, the postman. But, but then uh, the postman became World part two. Yeah, well, Air Force won 85 million budget. Yeah, but so so basically, similar budgets. <laughs> yeah.
1: Ooh, yeah. damn!
0: Well, I remember like,
1: in the in the mid nineties, War World was like the biggest budget movie
0: that had ever been done.
1: It, it was yeah. a huge deal. It would,
0: would flopped massively. Yeah, in the budget, was. A, but it's not. It's not as bad as people make it out. It's just mm. the financial disaster. Is it's it's. Okay, all right. I'm just gonna leave it alone. All right, hey, do we need uh, to get back to? Also, yeah, force 90, once ni-
2: once. So 1997
0: Double Team. Ooh, a better. That's a better movie. Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. On the fence. <laughs> Let's see. Can I get? Can I get one more? Can I get one more? I hope it's like Flintstones <laughs> too. I feel like that's good. <laughs> <one of them. laughs> Free Willy three.
1: <laughs> Ooh, bad. That's bad. That I dude, I read a sad ass story. That fucking whale died like a year after they, they filmed the movie. They they put it back in the wild and it couldn't survive. And fucking free willy died.
0: No reaction. Mike's up Yeah, sorry, sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to process another piece of information here. Dark. So all right, so March 14th is uh Return of the Jedi re-release. Yeah. Um, I, I, like 40 something million. Yep. So we talk about dropping the ball on re-releasing stuff. March 21st. Re-released right, right in the middle of this or like the, this massive Star Wars thing. Re-release the Godfather. Does really? A million. Does a million total at the box office. Are you serious? I would have gone to see that. I know. Just get slaughtered. <laughs> It gets slaughtered. I mean, it gets God, slaughtered like, by the Little Mermaid re-release. Godfather one. Yeah. Holy crap! God, okay, it, all right, man. This '97 oh. is bananas because I know like what a like, weird. I'm like like 200 movies deep on here and know every single one of these movies because I was that's the AJ was and
1: uh, That seems like such a about. like a even for the Godfather.
0: Yeah. That seems very now, yeah. I'd have to we'd have to dig in deeper. It could have been like a one week thing or like who knows? Um but still like that
1: seems I don't, I feel like I could spend a million dollars going to see the bot the the godfather right now, today <laughs> in 2023. It's like I wow,
0: damn, that sucks. Although it's saying okay, I'm looking at opening weekend was only forty theaters. So it may have been a very small.
1: Like that seems like uh, like, like
0: that's like just LA. also seems weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like
1: like for like for Coppola's like ah, I'm bored. Let's just try this. Let's do this one more time.
0: Speed. I got to pay for
1: a winery. Let's <laughs> let's re-release this and see what happens.
0: Speed two also at ninety seven. The game. Uh, I saw that in theaters. GI Jane Alien Resurrection.
1: Ooh, ooh, ooh.
0: <laughs> Tomorrow oh, I... never dies.
1: Hey. <laughs> that uh that was like november of 2000 or
0: 1997 right uh yes yes it was uh, this is saying december 97 yeah it i remember i, I always remember, remember those being thanksgiving though i do too and
1: i remember around um halloween i was at my grandparents house sitting in my grandfather's office which was at the front of their house watching the moby music video for that movie. <laughs> And being super psyched to go see it after that.
0: So nice. wow, we have we have. So should interested... I should I stop should I, should I stop reading the names of movies that were released in 1997 or no? Because I is that call our new podcast? 19... No, I really call
1: it the 1997 movie podcast instead of talking about uh, 1990 Heaven. 1990 Heaven. Instead of talking
0: about uh, Air Force, um, come in- interesting. Yeah. Uh, so all right. All right, let's get get into Air Force One. (laughs) Let's let's, let's talk about it, sure. So do you buy that Gary Oldman and this team of guys, apparently they murder a bunch of journalists and somehow steal their identities and are able to get onto Air Force One? I I got some questions.
1: (laughs) I feel like in 1997, the technology is not there to say that couldn't happen. But it still feels like a strip. Where, where I have a problem with with that whole idea, is it's like six six terrorists, yeah. and there's like ninety five Secret Service agents that are armed yeah, yeah. on this airplane. And so, where I have an issue is the six guys come away unscathed. N- nobody gets killed. Yeah. Nobody gets shot, <laughs> and they somehow manage to actually take out all the Secret Service agents. So that's where I have
0: I have an issue. Well, they they do have an inside man. He kills two guys or three guys. Three guys. So that's one thing that bugs me about this movie. I I don't want this movie to be longer. (laughs) And I don't, but I just want something on this guy's mode. So in the movie, there's a Secret Service agent who betrays everything. He shoots three guys, unlocks a weapon locker for these terrorists to come in that's how they get their weapons grenades um like machine guns whatnot uh and that's how everything but we never get a lick of what is this guy's motivation like why is he doing this
1: yeah so you're right They, they don't ever really explain so the guy the guy you're talking about is is xander berkeley who's also a uh that guy but he plays um i'm gonna get his name wrong uh, he he plays a uh, a special agent in this who who's a secret he's a secret service agent who secret ends up service being
0: agent Benedict Arnold. No, it's agent uh, Gibbs. Agent Gibbs. <laughs>
1: yeah. So he he's he's good in this, and you're right. They never give his motivations, which is a problem. But at the same time, it's it's one of those things where um
0: it's it's good. They don't give you too much. Well there's nothing they could give us that would make it like
1: like worth it other than it's money it's money money his motivation right like
0: yeah it's almost like- it, so i get it it's almost better it's up to our imagination of like why he's doing this than to like and that's like they had like kidnapped his like child or something or like i don't like yeah but that then that would be like another 30 minutes of the movie you'd have to explain so like I I I don't think I would have minded him as a
1: as a bad guy is I I I don't mind him as a bad guy. I mean let me, let me let me restate that I like him as a bad guy what I don't like about this is they they make him the instead of being the penultimate villain they make him the ultimate villain at the very end and I think that was a mistake where they should have yeah had the reveal of him as the the turncoat happen earlier yes. and that's a that's a bigger, potentially bigger moment in the movie than it feels like in the last five, literally the last five minutes of the movie, they're shoehorning it in and it's something that doesn't get paid off and you don't understand his motivation. You don't understand why he's doing what he's doing. It's just he's a bad guy and he's fucked over everybody else on the plane. He kills Wayne H. Macy and all of a sudden he's the guy that the president has to fight to get the zip cord to go back to the other jet to, to yeah, get off the fourth One. It's just, it's kind of a loss. It it has potential. They they kind of squander.
0: Frankly. And I, I enjoyed they kind of play it as when things go bad for the terrorists. It seems like he's like, all right, well, I'll just play this out. Yeah. And if I end up on like the terrorist, this doesn't work out. It's like nobody knows that I did this. So I'll be okay. And he, at the very end, he turns because there's only time to get like one more person off the plane. And he's like, well, that's going to be me. So I'm going to kill the president and William H. Macy and everyone else. <laughs> um, but I, I enjoyed like the idea of him trying to play it out. Like, oh, I can kind of play both sides and see where things go. But they don't even really give that much mileage in it.
1: No. And, and that's. It's 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 disappointing. I, I wish that to your point they had it back. If they had made him a more torn character, like your to your point, he was his family was held hostage or it was something more than just financial reward. I think it's it's a more
0: it, it it's a character that has depth. So I I guess what I was disappointed in it was I remember trailers of this movie going to see it and they really made a big deal and this and this is a little bit of like age, but I also feel this was with this movie is when the concept of air force one very much entered like the public consciousness of, <laughs> and of air force one being like a cool thing of like this ultra modern, ultra sophisticated, sophisticated thing. We don't, Oh, we don't, they're like secrets around it. And so the concept of terrorists trying to take over air force one it was like, oh, how would they do it? What would they do? And when it's just, oh, there's just a, like one of the Secret Service agent guys was corrupt and helped them. Is a little like unsatisfying of, it's like, it's like watching like a heist movie and you get to like the safe cracking scene. It's just like, oh, one of the guys bribes somebody and has a combination. So they crack the safe open. It's like, oh, okay. I was kind of excited to see how they were going to pull this off. But like, <laughs> that's like well yeah if like i get like the world can be filled with bad people but like that's not it's yeah it's not no, like you're a satisfying you're right. plot it's not and and that's it's not clever and interesting it's just oh it's a bad guy
1: no arguably how they got to him is the better backstory
0: right uh, if they and, did something to get to him yeah yeah,
1: yeah. and all, all they really show you is the result which is he helps he kills three ser- secret service agents, then he pretends to basically be a good guy until the last the last five minutes of the movie. and then it's uh um, revealed that he's a bad well, that's that, I actually think that's where the movie makes the even bigger mistake. instead of leaving it to the imagination, they show you almost 10, 15 minutes into the movie. he is a bad guy. And they're trying to use him as a a point of tension that you don't know what he's going to do, but it never really lands because you 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 know the whole movie that he's the bad guy, right? Like he, it, he's it, the turncoat. He, he's it's already not,
0: done something so bad. Yeah, it's it's like it, well, there's no more tension. Like we know, like he's the shoe's going to drop. It's just yeah, wind. like and then
1: that's a, that's a, that's
0: bad. He's right? done like, the he's already done the worst thing he can do. So what, well, like <laughs> yeah it's
1: bad i think that's bad movie making
0: um
1: i know you you're you're a defender of of wolfgang peterson i (laughs) this might even be his problem it it may be a script problem but i didn't like that and i think that was a big opportunity they had to actually do something better with um Xander berkeley's
0: character but go ahead go ahead no 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 so you bring up wolfgang peterson directing this so one thing i really really love in this movie as much as requesting the motivation, once he unlocks the weapons locker, and, get, and he gives them, the get guy like the terrorist a signal, like, all right, and they come and they take, it the movie is awesome for like 10, 15 minutes. That it is. That, that, that opening fight is, is really is, good. It's edited extremely well. And it, it doesn't feel like, it feels like, it, it could be made today like uh, so many times these like 90s action movies like feel a little dated yeah uh and there are some things in this that do but that and i think that's wolfgang peterson you know he did like Das Boat, um and and you can feel his credentials of like directing action in confined spaces and it is kinetic exciting but you can Mostly see what's going on, and it's, yeah, I I love that sequence. It's fantastic. It it feels, like, intense and dramatic, and you feel like there's a timetable for the terrorists and the threat of it all. And there's some intelligent things happening where they lock the cockpit, but they then they're able to, like, blow it open. And it's just really fast and intense. And I do think the movie lacks a bit of that going forward. Yeah. But that is an amazing sequence, and it still is amazing.
1: No, you're right. I, I think it's the best action sequence of the film because uh, it, it it manages to elevate everything. There's tension. It, there, there feels like there's there's some stakes. And you've already been shown that, that uh, Xander Berkeley is a bad guy, but you still don't quite know how it's going to end up because he's kind of in the mix. The terrorists have weapons. You can you, you kind of get a sense of the reaction of everybody thinking, okay, there's this is Air Force One. There's no way this could actually happen on this airplane, but it's happening. Um and then it, it also builds up to the the fun reveal that Harrison Ford's character, uh President Marshall, is supposed to escape. He doesn't on the the escape pod, which I will argue is the escape pod from from Escape from New York that Donald Pleasance <laughs> uses to escape. Um but no, I, I, you're right. I, I think I think it's one of the better action sequences in the movie. I don't think the movie lives up
0: to this sequence
1: after that. That's where I had a hard time with it. Is there's some I, other action? I, sequences. Yeah,
0: I don't disagree. So this movie was nominated for um, an Oscar for best editing. Yeah. Um, and I I think it's because of this sequence that like it's for the time it was made, it's phenomenal. Like it's it's so fast.
1: No, there's stakes. There's stakes in this action sequence. Everything else after this feels like it's Harrison Ford as a president. You know, nothing's going to happen to him.
0: Yeah, there the, is the, a, a flaw a bit it, in that.
1: Well, and I, I'm saying that, you know, 20 years on, it's
0: easier for me to say that, right? Well, and that that actually brings to something I want to talk about. So these diehard on whatever movies. um it's so diehard john mclean he is a cop but he's very much portrayed as like an everyman and this movie plays the harmonica uh yeah (laughs) this movie the the harrison ford is a presidential war hero and about as far from an everyman as you could possibly come up with for a movie and I do, I did feel that at times in the movie of, he's too, there. he has to be the president, so he's a little too dignified. And he's, he's too, war- he's too magnanimous. He's right. too, and he's too good of a guy. A, they make him a war hero to make the action believable, but then it's like, it doesn't feel hard enough at times for emotionally it's difficult, but physically it never feels that hard. <laughs> For him, the way it does for John McClane in Die Hard,
1: it's not. Uh, you're right. Though the, the physically, it's not the same. Arguably, to your point, in 1997, President Marshall and John McClane are probably about the same age. <laughs> um, but you're right. Like it doesn't. It doesn't. They just keep building his resume as a as a leading character, but it never feels like he has to go through anything that's that.
0: that so tough. yeah. It- And, like, all the movies... That's about it. So, what we've done so far, um, with, like, sudden death, um, executive decision, they go to pains to make the the hero, like, not an action hero. Yeah. He's an everyman. That's your point. Uh, Right. And, like, I know he's the president, so you don't necessarily think of that as, like, an action hero, but, like, he's still the president. Like, it's kind of... It's like... (laughs) Um... Not the same as like John Claude divorced Jean Claude Van Damme. Like uh, trying to hold his life together. Like, it's this guy not the has same his...
1: as, as I'm banging uh, Icy on the side to just yeah. keep my life. Together. No,
0: it's like this guy has his shit together. But like, <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's present. I the hope you want he's oppressing. Like, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't feel like me in an I can't put myself into the role of like i'm trying to like solve this problem it's like well yeah he's probably pretty fucking smart and can do a lot of stuff that like yeah i wouldn't expect myself to be able to do and so it's not quite the proxy everyman proxy you you get from the diehard formula
1: but do you think that in the year 2022 president james marshall still pulling for michigan in terms of when it comes to the college football playoffs <laughs> so
0: that's something i've always remembered very distinctly from this movie the running gag so when he's getting on air force one there's this whole thing they've recorded this football game for him and like everyone he talks to wants to talk to him about the football game he's like no don't tell me i'm gonna watch it don't tell me the score and right before he's about to put it on this guy this like comes by real quick and he's like hey mr president Michigan 1413 all right and he's like uh, it's, it's just like a punchline to this like 30 second minute long bit they do and I've for whatever reason it's always stuck with me it makes me laugh I well one I was confused
1: because I thought it was Notre Dame that he was pulling for because that that seems like the most all-American I think it, thing I think it's a have.
0: Gerald Ford reference because Gerald Ford went to Michigan yeah okay played football right. there um, that makes sense but I, I laughed because um, you and
1: I are watching this in 2023, where about three weeks ago, uh, Michigan got their asses handed to them by TCU, which is fucking weird. <laughs> so that's what I, that's what I'm excited about for this series. Is it started off as a diehard on a blank? I think it's going to end on a what weird sports franchise trivia? Can we <laughs> stitch into this entire
0: series? <laughs> uh, so that was the analogy I had of because he's like he's the president and it just just feels like it's not the same as like the everyman and i was like oh it's like in 1997 like terrorists hijacked the chicago bulls plane and michael <laughs> jordan has to fight him
1: <laughs> that's actually the original pro- uh premise of space jam So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> which i mean uh, it really could have been dennis rodman has to fight him in 1997 given where <laughs> where he was in action movies at that time crew double team there it's we happening.
1: go
0: happening well so all right I have, I have a
1: question for you so so i i do think that we're gonna find i i can't i hope i hope we see this in every movie the sports throughput but i have a question for you in terms of uh did the stakes in this mean anything to you as a viewer or is somebody who's enjoying this movie did, did, is there any stakes that that are
0: that are worthwhile to you I felt the personal stakes for the hostages on the plane for a while. Because I really felt like Gary Oldman is like he so Gary Oldman calls and talks to the vice president and other secretary of defense and all these people. And he's the timeline he's given them is like every 30 minutes, I'm killing a hostage. And I Gary Old's like it's he's very believable. I'm like, yeah, he's gonna fucking do it. And so I very much felt the stakes for that. Of they need to figure something out, or Gary Oldman's going to be killing a hostage every thirty minutes, and he and he does. I <laughs> he follows through on that, um, a lot. Yeah, and so I felt those stakes, but they're 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 smaller characters in the movie. Um, and that so, but because they established that, I felt the stakes for Harrison Ford's family, who are on the plane, his wife and daughter. Um, but the overall stakes of the terrorist the mission and the threat to the president didn't did not land with me like the Jurgen Prochno getting released from prison and going yeah. to be, and maybe that's like a state of like where we are in the world where I just felt like
1: we felt like uh, in jail and are like, yeah, it seems like that would really happen. So.
0: Uh, well it's just like, yeah, yeah. Oh, so the threat is the world's going to be like how it is. Okay. <laughs> like, um, so I, and those were not like, and I, I get, it's always supposed to be the more personal stakes. So you really felt it, but, um, they really build up like the release of this general Jürgen Prochnow's character from prison. And like, it's like, ah, I, you, all you've done is tell me this guy's bad. I've not really, you've not shown that it's like Cardinal sin of like, you told me you didn't show me. So I don't feel the stakes of you are just telling me, Oh, if they released this guy. He's going to get these like uh, military, who's loyal to him behind him and going to take over like these countries and do this horrible stuff. And it's like, okay, well you're just telling me all this hypothetical stuff. Like, I, yeah, I you needed something from that threat of him a little bit more. Um, but I did, I did feel it with um, the family, especially in the scene where he, um... <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. Gary Oldman. talk keep talking no gary oldman's got the gun um to it's your daughter fo- it's your background photo well he's got it to harris support but he's like <laughs> you can kill me i'm not gonna do anything And he, but then he's like and he tells him at one point he's like you gotta pick who's gonna like live or die like your wife for daughter and then he's got his daughter and he starts like a countdown he's like he's like you got like five seconds and at like i don't know, like four or three he's like okay like i'll, I'll, I'll do it like you're Get a gun to my daughter's head. And like that really felt real and intense yeah. and great. Um and that that's the stuff that worked for me. But yeah, I would agree there's like the other stuff of like the general getting released felt unimportant compared to the stakes we're feeling for the characters we we're kind of invested in.
1: No, I, I, I agree, and that's why I, I, I was asking a little question, which is I don't I don't like the whole colonel uh or general radic. Uh, angle which is the Jirgen Prochnow character.
0: I was excited to see Jurgen Prochnow. <laughs> I was you know what I,
1: I will say so you and I watched it together, but it's the uh what is it the keep? hmm And and he's g- great in that. It's a Michael Mann movie, and it's a weird Romanian um World War II movie. But Jurgen now is great in that. He's good in this as the bad guy. But
0: it, it's great in Bearfest.
1: He's right in beer fest. He's, he's mediocre in Beverly Hills cop two.
0: (laughs) shots fired
1: (laughs) Uh, shots fired uh, to deep into Germany. Um, But I, I think um, they don't do enough to set it up as to why it's such a big deal. Now I will say this in 1997, it does not seem like that big of a deal in 2023, when you're watching fucking Putin wage a war on Ukraine and potentially launch <laughs> nukes in yeah. Europe, it does feel like a big deal. Like This is a weirdly ahead-of-its-time movie, um, but the way they position Jerkin Prochnow as radic, you don't get any stakes. So when they, they keep flashing to his release and why it's a big deal, it basically seems like he's on the run no matter what happens. The West is going to catch him but it's like oh if he goes into the the wind all of a sudden russia's gonna fall to be this terrible you know this terrible yeah. country <laughs> that we can't can't manage. Well fast forward by the way that, that <laughs> fucking happens everybody not by the Russian people's fault but just by virtue of of a uh, Putin or whatever. So it, it 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 doesn't have any bearing on the rest of the movie. And I think that's the problem this movie has is it's got two endings. It's got the ending that happens on yeah. the plane with, with, with uh Gary Oldman's character, which and is it also better. Has, which is better. Yeah. And it has this whole ending with with um uh General Radic, this Russian general that doesn't really doesn't really matter. And that's that's the problem to this movie is it's
0: yeah, like, they needed it to end with, with the old like with old man. Yeah. Right. There's like twenty five minutes after yeah,
1: and that that's bad, right? So like, Old, Oldman is the closest proxy you get to Hans Gruber, and he's good. And Oldman's bringing it the whole time. The whole Radic thing is like a kind of like a red herring that doesn't really pay off in terms of in terms of the end of the movie.
0: Yeah, and it's supposed to explain their motivation behind it. It does, but I don't think we we didn't need to see that much of it. Like no. <laughs> Or it's or it's almost so it's funny. The rewatchables, uh, the ringer podcast does like, could this work as like a 10 episode Netflix show? It's like, maybe this would be better as a 10 episode Netflix show. All these maybe. backstory things yeah. we're talking about, you could do. Um, no, you could do an entire episode
1: on on Xander Berkeley's character.
0: Like, yeah, that's a whole exactly. episode of like
1: why he got turned
0: to, to be a bad guy. All right. We we can't release this podcast now because we're going to go pitch this to Netflix. <laughs> I hey Harrison Ford still making movies.
1: I, I so my wife yeah. and I went to go see um Roman Holiday last night. Nice. Uh, so I, which I'll do I guess I'll do is a a uh when are we doing that on the podcast? Un, un, that, uh, that, well, we can do it next that week. That fits I, that fits in perfectly well, with the it does. a <laughs> a rom-com. 1950s rom-com fits in perfectly with the theme mm-hmm. of this podcast so mm-hmm. far. Um but I was walking through the the uh what was it? Um AMC it was AMC oh, Fuck. Cinemark. <laughs> I was going through the Cinemark Theater. Ooh, Cinemark. And they had posters up for um the new indie movie, which comes out June. Yeah. I think it's June 30. And man, it feels weird to it feels weird. So I'm thinking back like let me do the math for a second. Um I went to go see uh um Last Crusade when I was when I was barely six years old with my family. Yeah. My mom and dad. Nineteen eighty nine. Then we go forward the next decade. And I didn't go see this in theaters, but let's just go pick on this. It's, you know, 1997, I see this. 2008, <laughs> I see um, Crystal Skull with the uh, the next indie movie. And then fast forward, not one, but two decades. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to have a, a new Harrison Ford movie as the protagonist when he's like 79 years old. And man, it just feels fucking Crazy to think that like that guy has transcended four four decades of our lives in terms of like good solid movies. Technically five if you count Star Wars, right? Five decades, <laughs> like that's
0: insane, man! Absolutely, yeah. Insane. It's pretty wild. Like, I it's credit. hard to it's hard to it's almost hard to talk about his cultural impact. Yeah, because well, it just. It, Never mind that he's like Han Solo and Indiana Jones. You just he's look at like President James Marshall, <laughs>
1: yeah, and
0: Richard, <laughs> yeah. Doctor Richard Kimball. <laughs> still... But right, but you look at just like the '90s where the Fugitive, the Jack Ryan movies, the Air Force. Jack One, Ryan, yeah, yep. um Like even if it was just that, it would st- it'd still be a notable movie star. Oh, if
1: if he stopped making movies after this. He, his career is still rubber stamped as one of the best of of all time.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I go back and forth of it. If he's my, I guess he's definitely my favorite movie star. I don't know if he's my favorite actor, but could be. I, I mean, it's hard, right? I, like, I, yeah. I mean, I mean I even left out like Blade Runner. Of, <laughs> of Blade, Runner. <laughs> Blade Runner plays
1: Deckard. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's in, uh, what's the Amish movie? Um, Witness. Witness, he's in Witness. Yeah, that's a
0: great one. Um,
1: I don't know, like I, I go back to, and this is, um, I'll, blame, I'll, I'll blame it, but I'll, I'll credit to my, my parents. He was Indiana Jones. When I was a kid, my yeah. dad was an archaeologist and uh, my dad had a an uh, in, uh, indie poster on his front door of his lab. And so to me, that was always like, that's the guy, and I, even even when I was a teenager, that poster was still there. And um, that's Harrison Ford to me. It's Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones. Like there's there's no other. And I I think it's it's weird to see him in, in Air Force One because it feels like watching. And my dad and Harrison Ford are almost the same age, so I guess
0: <laughs> you have to
1: <laughs> stack them together. It it, it is weird. It, it feels like watching my dad in uh, Air Force One <laughs> on some <laughs> level. So. It's it's uh this movie this movie, I don't know, brings out a lot about uh action like the status of action, our our action heroes that we we grew up with when we were kids. You know, this is also I'd say ninety-seven, right? This is also when Eraser comes out. I think it's eraser. It's a racer ninety seven or ninety-six. Ooh, Ooh tough question.
0: Yeah. Why are you yeah. researching? Really bad, tough.
1: <laughs> um uh this just feels like this is sort of the beginning of the end of all of our action heroes. As kids, they're aged yeah. out. They're all dads. They're all they're all, you know, dad heroes at this point. So this Eraser is ninety six. Ninety six. Okay, so the year before we have uh, uh, John Kruger.
0: Our <laughs> action hero. But, but, yeah. but our action heroes hit the point where they can. They're old enough to be the president. Yes,
1: and the, and Harrison Ford's kind of the first in that lot, right? Of of okay, he's 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 old enough that he really can't hold up the action sequences, but you believe him when he needs to be defending his family or defending the country, right? So it's it's, it's interesting. Um, also, the can... same year of Escape from from L.A., so
0: yeah, R- <laughs> Russell <laughs> was still carrying that torch. Right? Yeah. So uh, you talk about that action sequences I, I enjoyed in your notes so uh what what, what what's the president's go-to move uh,
1: <laughs> i feel like his move is the same as i would uh harrison <laughs> ford uh had a a predication for just throwing him heaving him, himself onto people is like a, a move of i'm not gonna fight you i'm just gonna throw about 200 pounds of dead weight at you <laughs> hey and then I I'm going to hopefully knock you down in this <laughs> argue.
0: I can't fault him. Hey, that's, that, that's what I would do. I think that's about all I get at this point. He's <laughs> <laughs> like weaving himself on. Yeah. on
1: which, we're going to cover it. He does that move twice. I think he does it to Gary Oldman. And then he also does it to the guy. And I, I am...
0: I am. Mistaken. Oh, he, he has a extended fight with one of the terrorists. And I think he does it to that terrorist at least twice, maybe three times <laughs> during the fight.
1: <laughs> he does. I'm trying to find the guy's name. I'm going to screw it up, but it, we're going to talk about him again. It, oh, Andrew, uh, Dev And he is the bad guy. He plays the main Hans Gruber, bad guy in toy soldiers. So we're going to talk about him again.
0: Really? Okay. Yes. Uh, I know he, I'm excited.
1: I know you've never seen Toy Soldiers. I have not. But um he plays the main bad guy in that. And I so that was one of the guys that Harrison Ford just heaves his body on to, to try and disarm him and stop him. Oh, That's fantastic. <laughs> so it that that does feel like a very realistic uh uh tactic is just um which what's, what's your go-to move? Oh, I'm just gonna throw dead weight at a person and see how yeah. it goes. <laughs>
0: the best is like this is very much like a dad movie Getting into that and that's oh, very yeah. much a dad move and like because I, I remember when i was probably around like 20 or so i played basketball with my dad i remember and, dad threw his body on no, later on like i don't know if it was <laughs> months later or when but he he was talking he was like oh my god like that was rough like um, I had to like resort to like the old man moves of like the best was like doing like sky hooks and things and like <laughs> um and I was like yeah I feel like the throwing your full body on somebody's like the old man move of like the fighting <laughs> like, we're we're just gonna make this chaotic and. <laughs>
1: In fairness, I feel like your dad's in better shape than I am right now.
0: So it doesn't it's, matter. Is probably, like, literally right now today is probably in better shape than I am. So,
1: yeah, I, I feel like if I had to play your dad on one on one, he's going to fucking school me. It doesn't matter. So, no, but you're right. Like, Harrison Bourne has this weird move. And he does it in The Fugitive. He does it in this. He doesn't clear, imp- he doesn't clear and present danger. There's three movies that I can think <laughs> of in the in the 3-year span between this and 1994 where he just throws himself as a human being onto people to try and like disarm which, them which is it funny cuz this
0: is works. all those are coming during the time of like Seagal and Van Damme where it's also yeah. like martial arts based. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I I'll go toe to toe with all of them. But
0: it's this, also in
1: keeping with better. I, every everything he made was better than in this time period than in those movies.
0: Oh yeah, but it's also in keeping with his persona of the Han Solo, Indiana Jones. Like he can fight, but he's not a fighter. If that makes sense, like it, it does. Like yeah, I, I he can win a fight, but he's not he's not gone out and like trained himself. He's to, scrappy. Like, do this, but yeah, he can, yeah exactly scrappy an underdog a bit. So you can root for him as a fighter yeah. and not like, yeah, yeah.
1: No, I, I, I like, I like Ford is, I, I, I will say of all the, I haven't seen all of them, but all the, all the Jack Ryan movies, Ford is, is in my head. Like that's Jack Ryan. Like he, he kind of yeah. nails Which, it is the
0: conservative a surprising number of Jack Ryan movies.
1: <laughs> I've only seen, thankfully I've not seen any of the new ones. I've not seen any of the Chris Pine ones. Cause those seem bad.
0: I've not seen him either, so I can't. I can't really speak to him. But I do like Chris Pine, so I. I wouldn't mind seeing them. I, 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 I do I have, too. I, I do not. too.
1: Not 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 knock on Chris Pine, but I like the idea that Harrison Ford, and it, it feels like this is a Jack Ryan president in terms of uh President Marshall and Air, uh, Air Force One. Is he's a guy who is. I don't want to say nerdy. Nerdy's not a good word, but he's 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 kind of a button down guy, but if you put a gun to his head, he's going to defend himself, he can defend his family and what he believes in. And I think that's that's what's enjoyable about, about Harrison Ford's character in this is you you feel the earnestness of his of his role. And it's not it's, it's not <laughs> just a it's not just him. he's not playing the same character.
0: It's a uh, it's what it's one of the things that are missing for action movies today that so he's a, a war hero has like a medal of honor from vietnam and there's like no like once we passed the point we could no longer say this guy was in vietnam it made it much harder to write every man action heroes yeah so that it's like oh like you immediately buy him credibility of like oh he was a war hero in vietnam so like yeah like he could fight these terrorists but once once you lose that, you kind of it's like yeah it, it's it, it's kind of bizarre but it gave you it gave you just kind of a freedom to make any character be able to like oper- use like weapons in a professional manner to fight in a professional manner and like uh yeah
1: this is this is a good time period for in
0: vietnam got used as
1: an excuse for a lot of dads knowing how to shoot weapons exactly
0: and, yeah and uh yeah.
1: be good at combat um <laughs> well all right so Fast forwarding after uh Gary Oldman gets killed by a you do, do you wanna do it again for the what the with the tagline for this movie is?
0: The get off my plane <laughs> get off my plane. Oh yours is better. Uh Harrison Ford but uh, yours is more Harrison for today. It's a little that like yeah. 70-year-old restaurant. I landed on like the there. Beverly Hills Country Club course. <laughs> Get off my plane. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: I've nice. got a child that's seven years old, and I'm 79 years old. Get yeah. off my toilet.
0: Oh, um, sh- shout out to his children. Uh, he has a oh, son who's please. a chef who had a uh, what fantastic restaurant in Culver City called uh, Ford's Filling Station. Yeah, wait, what? Yeah. Oh come on, you got you got you got to tell that one. Uh, I mean, I, there's nothing more than that. Like when I lived in L.A. in Culver City, um, there was this restaurant called Ford's Filling Station, and the like the the head chef was called Ford's because it was Harrison Ford's son. Really. Um, the restaurant. Oh. Was really, really good. They eventually opened one in LAX. I, I imagine it's no longer there because this was quite some time ago. But um uh, and I think he moved on, and actually they opened a Ford Filling station um in like the LA Live area, that downtown by like the Staple Center. But that was uh
1: it's still open. Okay. The LAX location is still open. Okay.
0: Okay. I, I have no idea how they go. The original one was excellent. The best, the best uh, halibut I ever had in my life. <laughs> um
1: it looks like they're still doing well they've got less than 1200 followers on instagram so that's not great (laughs) and when i click on the link on their instagram page it says it's a forbidden uh page that i can't go to because perfect (laughs) 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 everything's turning up (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh shit okay now now that i'm looking at it uh i clicked on like the fifth post down it was from may of 2016 so yeah they're probably not still around (laughs) Yeah. Damn, that sucks. <laughs> do you think the restaurant went to um how fast do you think the uh the restaurant made the the
0: Tesla run? <laughs> well I-, I think the uh I think his son made it pretty fast because it sounded like he sold basically sold the name and moved on to uh other projects. Smart and, kid. Yeah. Good for that hey, good for that kid. I'm proud of that that kid.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, all right. So let's, let's fast forward to the end. Okay. Gary Oldman's character gets killed by <laughs> um, being flung out of the back of this, uh, out of the fucking Air Force One with a parachute somehow, or not parachute, but he's on a parachute. He has a a, a harness wrapped around his neck. Harrison Ford gives the. yeah. It's pretty, it's fairly brutal. It is brutal. Snap his neck, and then they just like let him go, float, yeah. float dead out into the Mediterranean. Um, and so what do you you want to talk about? How bad the CGI is in 1997 <laughs> for the for Air Force One crashing into the ocean, and we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about it later on in this series. In cliffhanger, they have one of the best. Moderns, I would say it's one of the best modern physical stunts completed where a guy, um, not repels, but he basically uh, uses a harness between two airplanes while they're flying to move between the two planes. So that happens in 1990, I think it's 1994, or 1995 for Cliffhanger. One of the most, uh, expensive and impressive stunts, um, in. Uh, the 1990s do you want to talk about how bad that looks in
0: 1997 so and when... go ahead. and apparently they also did that in like in the 70s in like airplane 1975 or something I, i've never really? seen it but okay. in my right. research they said they, they had done that before so that's kind of like the one of the big action set pieces of this movie and it's like oh we've kind of seen people do that and so i was reading the roger ebert review of this and um he gave it like two and a half stars and kind of I, I think not dissimilar from what we're saying. It was basically like it's just like rehashing cliched action things you've seen before. But like the cast is really good and it's doing some good work with a mediocre script. So like I think he was basically on the same page as us, and then it just depends on your mileage with with that stuff. But but yeah, this it's the 90s set, like that late 90s, like CG when <laughs> Oh, it's bad. It it was serviceable then, and now is like, in high definition.
1: That's that's the that good point. Great point. In high definition, it's not.
0: It's not that good. And because you hadn't seen it before, there's still like a novelty of like, wow, like that's like seems better than it is. It's the same way of like PlayStation Two graphics seemed incredible when the PlayStation Two came out, and like, yeah, now the games seem unplayable because you can't see what's happening. Hey, the yeah. uh, Metal Gear Solitude demo yeah. still stands up. Man, that is like that's the greatest thing ever made. In video games. It was. <laughs> yep. No, I remember. I, remember, I remember, played the hell yep, out of we that. We played the
1: shit out of that game. <laughs> um, no, I, I I do laugh because uh, so the ending is. I think this is where the movie makes a mistake from from a from a character standpoint too. Um, so Gary uh Gary Oldman's character is is killed off. And then there's about four people who are left to still escape the (laughs) airplane. And it's, it's the president, his family, like his wife and his daughter. And it's William H. Macy. And then it's, it's Xander Berkeley as the, the double agent. You don't, you, nobody else knows about the audience knows, but nobody else knows about it. And they're on a ticking clock, which is. You've got to get off the airplane so that you can before, before air force one. Oh, I'm sorry oh man we didn't even touch on this uh the unnecessary scene of okay because he's a former pilot from vietnam <laughs> yeah. uh harrison helicopter ford's pilot also helicopter pilot harrison ford's character flies at 747 and they get engaged by like <laughs> big 29s from K- kazakhstan yeah and i feel that... like that's not even accurate like that's somebody who's just like we need a country let's let's pick kazakhstan <laughs> to like they're friendly in 2023. Well, the, supposedly
0: like... it was the the uh, Jürgen Proc now it, it, they were loyal to him at this mil- random military uh, base is how they portray it, and it's like I kind of think this place isn't. It, this just... place realizes they're getting the shit bombed out of them if they. Do oh this. yeah, and like like no one's doing that. Like, no. Like, t- and so they 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 spend, you literally just declared war on America. Like yeah. Th- like they're just like dropping bombs and asking questions later. Like
1: no, yeah, you're you're fucked. Like ten minutes after you shoot that shoot at that at Air Force One yeah, yeah. you're you're the US government's gonna probably come after your ass. So Yeah, yeah. Seems co- had some questions on but the base I, commander there. I do think that this the bad CGI is uh the president's family gets off the airplane it's not great CGI between the plane to plane transfer for, for people coming off of Air Force One uh, it's about 2,000 feet off of the, the the water and what I just didn't like was um, Xander Xander Berkeley is the, the surviving bad guy they should have gotten rid of him earlier yeah. and then there's a fight and then he's he's like holding himself up in the door frame of the front door frame of the of Air Force One as it's crashing into the ocean, and honestly, it looks like something I could have made in Photoshop twenty years ago,
0: and it, <laughs> it's just really bad. Really I I, bad do, I think originally they wanted to do that practically because it's been obviously it's been done that way. I think it was a budget thing that they were already going over budget, and I think uh, so I think they scaled back. But but to your point with the endings, like. I think that I think they could have done this where there was enough tension where the plane was going to crash and they all had to get off from like the zipline thing, and they could have just had them all get off. Yeah, or have like William H Macy sacrifice himself, gets well, the president off work. and like cuts yeah. the line or whatever, so that like he crashes but the president saved, and I I think that would have been enough. You didn't you didn't need the extra step of this rogue agent. Like, no, they need to they, save they, himself. Or like, yeah, they should have wrapped it up sooner. Like, it's like,
1: like a hat did. on a hat on a hat. Oh, it's a hat on a hat on President's hat.
0: Ooh, President's hat. Ooh. Abe Lincoln. Ooh, what if Harrison Ford wore an Abe Lincoln hat the whole movie? <laughs> better. Uh better. I'd love to see him in a top hat for no no apparent so- <laughs> reason.
1: And he and he's fighting off uh terrorists
0: in in a top so- hat. So we skipped over a big chunk of the middle of this movie, and I think yeah, there's a reason. Re- I, I think there's a reason for that. <laughs> is there's a lot of Harrison Ford in a luggage compartment doing like random stuff. Um, but I, I did I did want to call attention to one thing. Of do you know how in Die Hard, very famous scene, often referenced um, with Ellis, yeah, trying to negotiate Hart Bachner. Yeah. yeah. So can I interest you in a movie that goes double Ellis? <laughs> You can, because I think we just watched it. <laughs> so, yeah. So the as famous as Die Hard is Ellis is Hans. I, I think we literally Bobby, talked about this in the last. I'm your white as well. knight. Yeah, they do it an executive decision. Yeah. <laughs> and and where it's he's got the like gun to his head, and he's like, "Hey, you got to come out. I'm going to kill this guy," and he does it. So they do it one time. Where it's it's like the secretary of something, and they're calling like Close (laughs) at the White House, and he's and it's he's just immediately like, oh, you didn't give me what I wanted. Shoots him, and then they do it again on the plane, where uh, Harrison Ford's like hiding down below has done a bunch of stuff to screw up their plans, and takes like his. Uh, it's a woman and she i'm trying to remember like a I'm, chief of staff type role uh, uh,
1: yeah i'm trying to find uh, who it uh, is but keep going it's
0: like look at this nice lady here and it's like typical like mustache trolling evil of um but it's like if, if you don't come out i'm gonna kill her and they make like a big deal of that where like they can hear it in like the situation room at the white house kind of thing you're like what's he and he's like he's like he can't you know the United States does not negotiate with terrorists, <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, and but and then you get all the like, dramatic scenes of Harrison Ford like pounding things of uh, like I can't come out, um, and they kill her, and I was like, man, ballsy move in the script. You go double Ellis. It's uh,
1: it's it's Deputy Press Secretary Melanie Mitchell. <laughs> but yeah, no, they 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 definitely go they 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 definitely go double Ellis in this um i and I, i'll i give hart bockner credit when he plays Ellis in Die diehard it's at least oh. a character where you're like okay they they set him up pretty well as a sleazeball so when he dies you're like okay it's not that big a, it's not it's not big a deal that sounds horrible say but, but they, 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 they 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 play it as it's almost humorous when he gets shot and it's almost like he has it coming yeah. and this it's just like Tragic. Yeah, it's like, it's like every it's just horrible. It's a, it's a like, downer. Like yeah, we
0: talk about it's not the most fun movie to watch. Like it's not, like, yeah. That's pretty depressing. Um, like both of them are just kind of depressing. It's like, oh, terrorists killed another hostage. Like no, I, I
1: that's what I like a, about
0: I like about uh diehard is uh Uh, Ellis' whole
1: character is like, uh, "Hey, uh, sprechen Sie Deutsch?" And it's just like, "Okay," and he chooses to get—he chooses
0: to get himself into the situation. He does. This is just also is Being assassinated, yeah, (laughs) it's not good. I, I, yeah, I agree. It
1: it has the tropes of Die Hard without any of the fun payoff of the movie, in terms of Um. the characters and what happens to them.
0: But I think that's a good point. We've talked about we've not yet seen anyone quite be able to match Hans Gruber as a villain, in the different aspects of his character. But in the different like Ellis scenes we've seen, we've no one's met really met like Hart Bachner. Nope. In what nobody he's bring no, in, in that. Nobody scene can. That, nobody
1: can live up to that coked up, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, childs energy. So. <laughs>
0: Uh, but he he's bringing a very specific energy and making specific choices that this like <laughs> nail what that scene should be, and we've not uh, we've not seen anyone capture that either.
1: No, and I, I I'm trying to think of what we have left there. I feel like we'll get some of the same humor in Passenger Fifty Seven with okay. some of the the local yokels. In better. Ter- <laughs> yeah, we better the local yokels in terms of uh, that, and then. Man, I don't know. I'm not sure who else is going to bring that energy in terms of what we have left in front of us. Like that's that's going to be tough. Um,
0: oh well, well, we we have under siege in front of us, so I, I know. <laughs> but that's Ooh, that's going to have some A, energy. Hey, <laughs> that's got Ken from from street fighter. So
1: that's going to have some comedy, whether intentional or not. And it's got Gary Busey as the, yeah, uh, was gonna say, Gary is, yeah, I say, there's going to be Busey some energy <laughs> and Tommy Lee Jones playing yeah. over the top bad guy. No, that I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right.
0: I have some hope for Tommy Lee Jones. He's not going to have the sophistication of the Hans Gruber, but I have some hope for him, uh, bringing something more. Well,
1: I have to ask, cause I, I, I don't know. Tommy Lee Jones pre-fugitive was his career of note because I know you and I watched separately Yeah, the, the park is mine but like did he have like a career that's that's noteworthy before he did, oh yeah he did Jeopardy Gerard and okay yeah let me uh, back uh, it up back it up I want to hear okay. you back it up because I think I, I I that's all I know him from is is underseat when I was a kid is underseat No
0: cuz he was in a uh, blanket on what he was in. He was in like a big thing with like was he in space or something or like um Oh,
1: a uh, coal miner's daughter. Yes. But he was the the dad or the the husband or something? I want to use some words and so let's see if they actually pan out. So you just <laughs> say yes or no if it actually makes sense.
0: Okay. All right, let me go. Early career for him. Um, okay, so... Alright, Fugitive. Okay, before... <laughs> before okay, before, so pre, pre-1992. One year, one year before Fugitive, under siege. <laughs> Two years before the Fugitive, uh, JFK.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, let's see. JFK. Right, number, uh
1: Oh, he plays the... The closeted gay guy that in JFK that...
0: It was it was apparently roped in on the the but search. yeah R- coal miners, Jordan, Rolling Thunder, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, a career, but you're right that that is pro- But I mean, being he's in like an JFK American under he's, siege.
1: He's like an American, but- um, Anthony uh, Hopkins in terms of like he had this crazy breakout in the early '90s that he he was like a kind of established actor. His career maybe wasn't as big as it should have been. And all of a sudden, he hits this this big jackpot in the nineteen nineties. Is is like his big leap into movies, or, or into more established movies.
0: Wait for yeah, it's it. Probably a leap to. Um.
1: I can't wait! To, I can't wait to hear what we're going to say about Tommy Lee Jones on the yeah Siege episode. <laughs> I'm here to talk about more about Erica Helaniac, so let's let's talk more about her the to Tommy Lee Jones. But yeah,
0: so I I I do think um... so. Yeah, in the '80s, he is wins an Emmy, has some other Emmy nominations, and has but um, but it's really the JFK fugitive his, his, his um, early he's 90s run like, it's a, it's the catapults into it a different yeah. level certainly
1: yeah I, I think that's fair I think I,
0: I'm excited for um, the at that point he's a, yeah probably like has a great career his career is good he's going to keep acting but then suddenly he's like a you put his name in the trailer for a movie kind of guy yeah, yeah, that 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 it's yeah, that he's yeah. a draw. You're, you're yeah selling a movie by casting him in it. Yeah, yeah. Well you cast Smith Two Face? Like it's like oh that was... oh yeah yeah. Nineteen ninety five. Yeah Of course you do. You <laughs> cast
1: you cast Two Face. Hey, are you gonna cast in nineteen ninety five? Are you gonna cast the roommate of Gene Hackman? Yeah, I'm gonna fucking cast the roommate of Gene Hackman. I'm gonna cast Tommy Lee Jones. Is do you Two Face? Yeah, yeah. i gonna cast as Riddler. I'm gonna cast the the guy who played plays Ventura. Great. We got ourselves a movie. <laughs> what do you need? Oh, you need Iceman. You, you need Iceman to play. <laughs> or you need Jim Morrison to play Batman. Done. We fucking got it.
0: I will Man, say. I've uh, not seen that movie in a long time. <laughs> for good reason. It fucking sucks. I <laughs> disagree. Went go, I was to see
1: Batman forever in
0: theaters. So maybe I won't see it again anytime
1: soon. <laughs> so I, I will say this, this is a, a, a fun aside since I know you, could, you couldn't be there for good reason, but. Uh, We were in uh, California for our friend Jay's birthday party and um, my wife is very into seals kiss from a rose, which was a sort of like the theme song from Batman forever. And she was very upset. We went to a karaoke bar. She was very upset to learn that for the last at least 25 years, more than that, more than that. She's almost, she's, she's a year younger than me. The last 18 years, She has not gotten the lyrics right for Seals Kiss from a Rose. (laughs) She was literally singing it and she's reading the lyrics on the screen. She's like, what the fuck? What do you mean? That's the word. (laughs) No, that can't be right. That can't be right. So, uh, yeah, so that was just a really fun aside is my wife was very heartbroken after 28 years, she actually does not know the song <laughs> Kids from a Rose after all. <laughs> and she did an interpretive dance to it when she was like nine. So that's even the best part is like, she thought she had it down. She did a dance to it. She thought she knew the lyrics. Nope. Totally wrong. Completely out in left field. So, uh,
0: How's how she holding up during this difficult time of her life? <laughs> She's still in therapy. Uh, yeah, understandable. Yep, we've understandable. Uh,
1: we put her on antidepressants for Lack of Kiss Moreau's, uh lyrics, lyric disease. So, yeah, we're working on it. I'm sorry. Thank you for your service, RIP. <laughs> All right.
0: There look. Anything else you want to hit for this movie? Oh, oh no. Whatever you want to hit, because you got really excited. So let's hit it. Uh, do you know who the cinematographer was on this?
1: Uh, I do not. But it is a guy named Michael Valhas
0: who did what works with Scorsese a ton, did like Goodfellas. DeParte. Oh my god, yeah, okay, yeah, uh, <laughs> but worked for Scorsese a
1: ton. He exclusively worked for Scorsese. Yeah. I'm looking at his IMDb, uh, I
0: also did a movie called Wild Wild West. I don't think Scorsese did that one, <laughs>
1: uh, no, because uh, Scorsese has some taste. Uh, but no, but like a big. Oh my god, this guy did so much stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, 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 let's hit it. Goodfellas, The Departed, Gangs of New York, Dracula, which is well, it's a Ford Coppola movie. Um, The Last Temptation of Christ, which is, uh, uh Scorsese. Yeah, Colored um, Money. This, um, um Wawa West. Yeah, it's, <laughs> everybody's got to work. Um, Outbreak. So, what which about was, he that did that was Bob. Wolf, but in Outbreak out, out, out was
0: uh Wolfgang Peterson too. Wait, did he direct that? Yeah. Wolfgang did a wow. little outbreak <laughs> which they wanted uh Harrison Ford for that but and, uh he 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 passed.
1: <laughs> wait, wait, where is Wolf No, Wolfgang P- Letterbox shows um Frank Oz as the director of Outbreak? Yeah, or no, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about What About Bob.
0: Oh, no. No, <laughs> huh. no that was not. That was not. <laughs> okay. All right. I see your point on
1: uh, Wolfgang Peterson for producer and director for
0: uh, Outbreak. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about What About Bob. Um, <laughs> we're now to a What About Bob podcast. I had a friend in college who... uh not not like the biggest movie fan in the world so it's always funny when we'd w- watch like we wouldn't we, hear anytime he'd end up watching like something kind of like different with us it'd always be very confounding to him uh but basically his favorite movie was what about bob <laughs> it's a good movie i uh pretty good i watched it i don't know maybe a close to a year ago maybe um and uh, I, my stepdaughter was on like on her iPad in the room, but was pretty consistently get, get, getting a kick out of it. <laughs> Enjoying it. I
1: uh, I watched What About Bob when I was a kid and I had to get my... I was getting my... Uh, Alright, I'm not sure how obnoxious or waspy this is going to sound. I was having my portrait painted <laughs> and I had to watch movies because it was like a 12-hour process and I watched <laughs>
2: <laughs> I wish I portrait? was making this up.
1: I just wish I was making this up. And it was a watercolor portrait. It's me in glasses and a pinstripe shirt. And it's the worst. uh all right. I'm I'm gonna be polite. Sorry. The artist did a great job. I was just an ugly kid. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so uh I, I remember do you, I watched do you have the portrait? Yes, we still have it. It's probably, yes. it's probably like a two and a half foot by one and a half foot portrait. Like it's it's it is a it's not small. It is a watercolor portrait that was painted in my 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 mom's house. And can I buy I, it
0: from you. Yes, you
1: can. I'll
0: give you a very good deal
1: on it. It's in our storage unit right now because I I'm think I gonna...
0: know two other people who would invest with me.
1: Great, because I am not going to hang that shit in my house right now. Um. And I I appreciate my mom doing it. I understand why she did it at the time. But I have a family. I have a portrait of myself painted in watercolor when I was about 10. And when I had to do it, I had to sit very still in a chair. And so one of the movies I had to watch or not had to watch, but they put on the background so I could just concentrate and not move was What About Bob? And the other one was the very Muppets um Christmas story. <laughs> I don't know why. It's All right. But and it was painted in like the summer of like 1993. It doesn't make any sense that I'm watching a Muppets movie in, in the about Christmas in the middle of uh um uh uh the summer. So yeah, so that's that's my tether to uh <laughs> Um. What about Bob? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'll I'll send you a. Uh, have you ever seen that? That I don't know if you ever saw I, it. it. I don't it was think in, I have. Okay, it was my mom's house in Augusta, my, my mom's old house in Augusta, on the second floor. It was hanging over like a big cyborg. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go find it and take a picture. It's in our storage yeah. unit. I gotta go find okay. it. It's, it's, it's. Right, next time you see it, send me a horrible. picture.
0: I will. I'll sell to you if you want. It sounds like you yes. want to buy it. So <laughs> I am interested.
1: All right, so I'll give it to you for about nine hundred dollars. Nine hundred
0: dollars. Nine hundred I got to make a couple calls. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: it was It was it, in in all seriousness. It was painted by a renowned Augusta artist. So hey, wow, wow, wow. We went. We 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 did, we did not. We if we talked a cumulative number of. 15 minutes on on Air Force One. I would be shocked in
0: this episode. I think we did a pretty solid job. <laughs> All right. I'm, lo- I'm looking at my notes. All right. Look at them. You I, look I, at them. We hit we hit that. We hit that. We hit that.
1: Did it. Did it. Yeah. Got it. Did it. Yeah. Good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean. I think we've pretty much hit. I mean, I think we really hit everything I had in my notes. What? Where, where would you rank this? Like one out of five.
1: What do you what do you what do you rank in this movie?
0: So when I did it on Letterbox, um, I ranked it four out of five because I, I did really enjoy watching it and had a blast. I just I think I'm a little nostalgic at the moment, uh, for these big Hollywood movies that i feel like, like we don't get much anymore like this I, similar to why i think like top gun maverick was so massive it was um, good for me i like that because it's a big hollywood silly silly big and, and Hollywood. And top movie. gun maverick's definitely better than this it's a better written movie better maybe but um uh, i i disagree
1: i think i, I think <laughs> you you were very you were very high on on wolfgang peterson and the production quality of this movie i think you're right i think that's a I I would put this on par with a modern version of um, Air Force One or Air Force One,
0: uh, Top Gun, Top Gun, and a modern version of Air Force One are probably kind of uh, on par. But uh, so, but I think talking about it and looking at, like, looking at it more, I think it's I, I think thinking about it more of when it was made and how all these action cliches it's hitting of it's really like. Just recycling a lot of stuff, so I think I'm gonna bump it down to uh, uh, three and a half out of five, uh, Air Force One escape pods.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, damn, I don't have, I, I was not smart enough to think about a pun ahead of time <laughs> or a joke for for what we're gonna rank it. I am gonna give this, uh, oof, let's see. So you you said you're in a three and a half, three and a half.
0: Yeah, three and a half. Okay, had been a four, but I'm gonna bump it down to a three and a half just thinking of the context of when it was made.
1: I'm gonna give this two and a half out of five Michigan versus TCU games. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> in terms of, in terms of, that was uh, a, I bet that was a rough day for President Marshall. It probably was. Michigan President TCU Marshall is did not enjoy 13. that one.
1: <laughs> well, I, 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 get to, I get to say, as a Georgia fan, um, and Georgia just absolutely eviscerated TCU, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, in, in the college football yes, championship, <laughs> which is I I think is a poor testament to the college football playoffs and how they're they're putting teams in the in the playoffs. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll give it uh, four out of five, or I'm sorry, two and a half out of five. Uh, Michigan football sucks <laughs> uh, uh, rankings. <laughs> sorry, Jim Harbaugh. Wow. Is it, is it Jim or John? Which one is it that, that's. <laughs> who's the Ravens coach? Is it John? Uh, you, you don't God even know either. So I don't. I don't. I, I'm an AFC guy. So I should know this. You're, you're an NFC guy.
0: Uh, now you're making me second guess myself. Am I? Uh, John is the Ravens coach. Okay. Jim Harbaugh, you really fucked this up. So sorry about that. <laughs> he is super goddamn rich, though. <laughs> is he? I oh, okay. I thought you had a number in front of you. <laughs> oh no, no. But I'm sure he gets paid extremely well. <laughs> well, I mean,
1: what's so like a five, ten million dollars a year? I'd, I, yeah, I,
0: I'd have to guess. Let's see, Jim Harbaugh's salary. It's, does not that sound very rich to you? I don't. You seem. <laughs> oh my god! You seem to be Jim, downplaying making five or ten million dollars a year. Uh yeah, no, Jim Jim Harbaugh. All, all the Harbaughs probably
1: even Harbaugh's kids are probably doing better than I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Harbaugh has already earned over two million in contract bonuses, adding to his eight. 8.05 million dollar base salary in 2022 <laughs> jesus christ okay so yeah it made okay a million <laughs> so we're gonna end this podcast yes. earlier we're gonna both go teach our kids how to coach college football yeah, so
0: we <laughs> yeah that seems to be the, the future <laughs> holy all right. shit all right all right so what are we doing next we are doing
1: and i have not seen this i i've not seen this in probably Thirty years if i had to guess but we're gonna go watch we're gonna watch the die hard in a boarding school movie <laughs> um toy soldiers so it's a 1990 1991 movie uh it's got the our everybody's favorite uh hobbit it's got sean astin <laughs> it's got uh lewis gossett jr
0: oh hell got yeah
1: one of the bad guys we just talked about andrew uh Devolf, which is uh the the proxy for hans gruber in this it's toy soldiers it is die hard in a oh that's right
0: school. it's got wesley crusher will Wheaton himself well we, we, uh, who's wesley crusher uh he's from star trek the next generation oh
1: my god you fucking nerd <laughs> so I, i'm excited I, I i truly have not seen this in probably 30 years i the last time i've ever seen watching this like oh it's good denholm elliott does it he's the headmaster <laughs> oh shit all right we got indy's best friend or indy's dad's best friend <laughs> um two years on um but yeah no I, I watched this as a kid with uh oh and it's produced by mario kasar we, we got some we got some corral co people in this too so that's gonna be good
0: um I'm said, I've never seen this It's blind spot for me. So uh, it's really exciting to do a, a new movie for me on uh, when we do it on the podcast.
1: It's I, I enjoyed it. Um, I will say I remember uh, I watched this on a sleepover. That was my experience, too. It was I watched it on a sleepover uh, and I went to this kid's house on Walton Way. And part of the draw to go to his house for a sleepover was. What was the Nintendo bazooka that you could you could use to?
2: <laughs> you remember
1: you know I, what I'm talking about, right? I know was, what you're talking super about. Nintendo but... or was it Nintendo?
0: Um.
1: Oh man, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck this up. But either way, like, uh, we all right. The Super the, Scope. This yes, fuck okay. yes. He had a Nintendo Super Scope. And so he lived about five minutes from my parents' house. And so I went over to do a sleepover and we played for about two hours. We played with the Nintendo Super Scope and newsflash, hot garbage. It was a terrible. <laughs> yeah. I think almost work. all those Nintendo peripherals <laughs> were. Yeah. None of them, none, none of the Nintendo peripherals worked. Horrible. And then to fall asleep, he had this gigantic, it was like a 1,000 square foot room. It was like his bedroom. <laughs> and I remember sleeping on the floor in like a sleeping bag. And in the middle of his room, he had this giant house on Walton Way in Augusta. And I remember sleeping in the middle of the room on the second floor. And he had this TV stand. And we watched toy soldiers like <laughs> to like, fall asleep too. It's a hell of a night. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that was what I remember about that was we played with the Nintendo Super Scope. And we 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 watched uh, Toy Soldiers before we passed out and fell asleep. So,
0: so Super Scope suck. Toy Soldiers
1: awesome. Toy Soldiers. Well, all right. Thirty years ago, me said Toy Soldiers awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <I'm laughs>
0: oh, <that> sure. it's awesome. <laughs> oh, I think it will. <laughs> you
1: think it will? Oh yeah. Well, I'm excited. So you've, since you've never seen it, I think that's going to be a pretty good. Um, yeah,
0: no, that gonna be a fun. Yeah. A fun watch.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right, so next week, toy soldiers, and then after oh, yeah. that, you—I think you—you you get to pick after that, right?
0: Oh, you're goddamn right, I do.
1: You have any? You have any, give us a hint, or you—you're you, going to hold back?
0: Uh, we might have talked about the movie a little bit on this podcast. I can't help myself any longer. Skyscraper, <laughs> the a Nicole Smith one.
1: Yes, i have been—I've
0: been watching it non-stop
1: i'm excited because i get to tell my wife i'm watching this for legitimate podcast reasons instead of actually just Mm. for my uh
0: uh, no actually i'm probably gonna do under siege (laughs) yeah i'm excited i I really want to watch it i can't wait i can't wait all right buddy i will catch you next week hell yeah you will
1: hell yeah you will (laughs) get off my
0: podcast
1: get off my podcast